It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another press conference, another interesting comment about Auburn's quarterback. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a Charlie Tuesday. Happy Charlie Tuesday to all who celebrate. That means we're joined by Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five. And man, I love that press conferences, weekly press conferences are cool again because Hugh Freeze always gives us something. He always gives us something. Of course, he previewed Arkansas at his presser yesterday, Charlie Five. And he was asked about just a generic question, a solid question about quarterbacks and the game plan. And okay, was it more of the game plan while Peyton stayed in or is it he's playing so good you wanted to keep him on the on the field? And he answered that pretty diplomatically. It's like, this is what we're trying to do. And he's doing a good job at it. And then he just kind of stopped because he answered the question. And then he says, Holden had a good week of practice. He can really sling it. The future's bright for him. And he skipped over somebody, Robbie yeah. Ashford, who, you know, is always kind of, uh, it's always a question of how is he going to be used each and every week as kind of this, you know, him having packages, which is what, Breeze has told us consistently throughout the season. I thought that answer was interesting. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, it was very interesting. I mean, this was the first time that I felt like he just straight up said, Peyton's the better quarterback. We're going with him, and this is why. Uh, he, he This is the first time I feel like he said that. You know, the, his skill sets are the most prepared for what we're doing. It's not really a negative on anybody else. Uh, but when you want to run tempos, set protections, throw accurate footballs, that's Peyton Thorn, and that's what and 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 that was like him basically saying these. This is the reasons why he's the number one. Why we decided, yeah, we're gonna turn it up and, and go. And then, but every single press conference he's had all all year, there's been something about Robbie and something about the packages we have for Robbie. Last week, Robbie played two plays, and he said Robbie had some packages. You know, we just kind of didn't get to it. This week, he didn't mention. I don't even know that Robbie's name was brought up, and he and he unprompted went straight to Holden. He 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 works really really hard to sell the backup quarterbacks, I, and I don't know if that. I, I'm sure there's some gen, there there's some strategy to it, and I'm sure some of it's just genuine. But uh, it was strange, like that he just kind of completely skipped over Robbie and went straight to Holden. Um, I think that says. I think that may say a, a good bit. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with holding passing Robbie on, on the depth chart or um, Robbie not handling the the not being able to play or have his packages very well. Like I don't. I, it, it just. But it says a lot that you know you're ten week nine ten weeks in and you've had something to say about him every single week and then you say absolutely cr- nothing. Uh, yeah, and, this and- time. And to be fair, like he's normally asked about Robbie, True. right? And I mean, he's been asked a similar question before. Like he was just kind of lobbed the softball about the quarterback situation. And like while he wasn't asked about Robbie, he wasn't asked about Holden either. And he went out of his way to to, to address and talk up Holden, which I think it could only be one of two things. I guess it could be a third thing. I guess it'd be one of three things. One you already mentioned where it's like, hey, Holden is, is out playing Robbie in practice or you know whatever it may be. Holden is ascending on the depth chart, or at least in practice. I think the second is, 
hey, there's been a lot of talk on this show and other shows on social media and message boards about, hey, Holden's probably going to transfer this offseason. And I don't think many people would really blame him. And maybe he doesn't want him to, right? Maybe there's a reason that he doesn't want him to and he's starting to talk him up in pressers. Similar to like what Bruce Pearl said about uh, Jalen Williams when they got knocked out of the, the NCAA tournament. He's like, building the, the offense around Jalen Williams next year. Or I guess the third one is just like, I mean, he was very like, just kind of train of thought. You know, he says what he's thinking. And maybe he was just thinking about quarterbacks and a drill. And he's like, yeah, Holden had a good week. I'll mention that just because. Um, but I, I think it's probably more one of the first two. I agree. I agree. And, and it's very well. Holden could have lit it up in practice. Like there, there was some talk that Holden got all the second team reps uh, this week. There was some, there was some chatter about that. And, you know, maybe he did really what, maybe he did have a really good practice and he felt like it was time for everybody to let everybody know that uh, there was so many good, there was another really good po uh, point of the press conference where, uh, someone asked him, I, th I think it was uh, Jay Tate asked him about the interception uh, and, and yeah. the pick six. And he said, you know, I told I told Peyton, you know, I got media guys want me to throw it when I got my ball on the on, on, when we got the ball on our own one or two. You can't be doing that. I got to You know, I got to You know, I'm trying to be aggressive. Like they asked. He said, then he goes, that's why you run it and punt. <laughs> that's why you run it, and punt, which I thought was hilarious because he was joking. But that that's just I, I don't know that that kind of stuff endears me. I I I I, I enjoy that. Yeah, and he was a good sport later when when Jacob Goins of ESPN one six seven who asked the question last yeah. week that the response kind of went viral about you know the lack of aggression in the second half. Uh, Jacob jokingly asked that question again, and uh, it seemed like everybody kind of had was a good sport about it. So I, I think that's great. I think it kind of shows him as a human, which is um which is fun. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, dude, like I, I think the biggest takeaway from the press conference was Thorne is QB1 and we don't have to have this conversation anymore. Like we don't have to do this yep. anymore, which is refreshing. But still in hindsight, it's weird how long it took. It's sure. weird how long it took for us to get here. I still think that was a major like misuse of Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. Cause I still think like, if you want to use Robbie in this offense, I'm still totally cool with it. I, I just don't think the way you're doing it was beneficial to Robbie to Peyton or to anybody else on this offense. So I'm glad that that's done. I'm not saying Robbie needs to not play or only play two snaps. I think there's a spot for it in certain parts of the field, but the fact once again, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, the fact that they went with Jarquez Hunter to get the direct snap over Robbie in the red zone kind of tells me another thing. It's like, oh, okay. All right. So we're we're just I didn't even think about that. That's a we're good just kind of moving on from red zone Robbie and going with red zone Jarquez Hunter, which would have been a really cool touchdown if uh there wasn't a, a chop block there. Which he said, which he made another comment. I that happened, and we don't even do we don't even do that in practice. Like I, I don't even know where that I don't even know what he was thinking, <laughs> what he was thinking there. We've never done that with the tight end. We've never coached it. We've never done. I don't know where that came from. I thought that was pretty funny. Was that Micah Micah yeah. Riley that did? Yeah, that's art. Yeah, it was a good block. It was a good block. <laughs> yeah, wasn't legal, but it was a great block. Sure, there's no block. way that guy was making the tackle. That's no. for sure. That's opposite side sure. of the field. Opposite side of the field. No reason to make that block whatsoever. But no, you know, and, and he'll call you out. And like he, he called out Rivaldo for you know the the holding call on Jarquez's other touchdown that was called back. So um kind of rough for the tight ends. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. That's right. So interesting things about the play calling and Arkansas's offensive coordinator shift. I was wrong about something. And I want to talk about what that was in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We've got multiple lines, Charlie Five, because this is the best time of the year. End yes. of football season, start of basketball season. It's just there's nothing better. And so all these lines are courtesy of our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Auburn, uh, as we uh, record this Monday evening, just a one-and-a-half-point dog against Baylor Tuesday night to start the basketball season. I'm actually surprised that's it. I thought Baylor would be favored by more. I'm just going to be honest with you because the national media is way heavy on Baylor over Auburn, which I don't really blame them. Um, where would you go with that? Uh, if I had to pick that game, I'm taking yeah. the, I'm taking the bugs. I'm taking the basketball bugs, draining threes in South Dakota. Let's go. All right. Let's and then go. over under is 142 and a half if that gets you fired up. Then Auburn, oh, a, th a three-point dog. When you look at uh, their trip to Arkansas, and once again, I'm just staring at the Auburn money line. So all that courtesy of our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Put it all in Auburn. Let's go. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off your sports winnings. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Today's show also is brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is our favorite place to buy Auburn swag. Charlie Five practically lives there because that's where he gets all of his Auburn swag, except for that weird hat that he uh, wore on the show last week. I don't know what that was. Yeah. But all of my true. Auburn swag that I get there, same with Charlie Five, same with a lot of our listeners who have reached out and said that they're huge uh, fans of Alumni Hall. Also love that they had an NIL deal with some of the basketball players this past weekend, so they're supporting Auburn Athletics as well. So they've got three great locations um, in Opelika and Auburn and in Huntsville. And if you're not in any of those markets, head over to alumnihall.com. They've got you covered. Thank you so much to Alumni Hall for sponsoring this show. Charlie Five, I was wrong. I was wrong about when Arkansas fired their offensive coordinator, I said it's too late in the season for them to really change what they're doing philosophically. And based on what they did against uh, Florida this past week, this offense that was really not great at running the football all of a sudden got a lot better at running the football because they used their two best players. And obviously the return of Rocket Sanders helps that offense. There's no question about it. But then Hugh Freeze's comments on Monday, I think even added to that, and it was an angle that I knew it was a possibility, but I didn't really see coming because I didn't think the offense would change that much. But he talked about how, yeah, a lot of the stuff that they put on tape up to this point like doesn't really matter. So they're kind of hard to prepare for. And I knew it would be different, but I didn't think like the core of what they did would change. But yeah, I, I was off on that because they looked like a totally different team against Florida. Yeah, they were super balanced too. I mean, they were like almost dead, like down the middle, rushing, rushing yards and passing yards. Um, look, KJ Jefferson, uh, the way Hugh talks about him, like he like he really, really likes this kid. He talked about him glowingly. He's always been a fairly com uh, a fairly accurate, uh, complete sixty plus percent of his passes, um, and he's a threat Good to run. For some yeah. reason, for some reason, he looked faster in that game. I don't know if he's been injured, maybe, and and. He's gotten a little bit of gotten a little bit healthy. I don't know if it had anything to do with the the scheme that gave him a little bit more running room. But look, he's a weapon. He's all he's always going to be a weapon. Um, 
for some reason, I feel like I, I could be wrong. I feel like we've always played him pretty well, though. And and I don't know. I know there's a whole a whole different staff, but uh, they're da- they're dangerous. They they they've got they've got a little bit of life. I said it last week. If they lost that game to Florida, I think it could possibly be a cakewalk. They haven't quit. Um, and you go back and look at their record, and they've only lost. I don't know that they've lost a game over uh, one possession, uh, maybe right. maybe one, but uh, they're they got some players, and um, we got. I think we're gonna have our hands full. Yeah, yeah. And Hugh Freeze talked about Arkansas's ability to stop the run. Which, if you stop the run against Auburn, I don't think we have a chance <laughs> up there. Um, I, I don't know. Like if. And I just look at what the Florida team's doing, and, and I think Auburn can do that. I, I really do. I also think Arkansas's offense, I, I just think they're going to have a harder time scoring on Auburn than Florida. I mean, Florida, I mean, that's a team that's given up. We talked about it like maybe Arkansas, if they would have lost that game, it would have been over for them. But that Florida team, them spotting Arkansas 14 points in like the first two yeah. seconds game it felt like it was like okay it took them that long to wake up and if that doesn't happen i mean obviously the game develops differently florida should have made that kick at the end i mean there's a lot of stuff that went arkansas's way in that like sure. i'm not saying to not respect arkansas the fact that all of their games have been so close and been unfortunate like that's that matters that stuff matters because they're going to fight till the end of the game but like let's don't act like arkansas went down and just blew out florida because that's the way sure. a lot of auburn fans are talking about it and like i know he's yeah. I know Hugh Freeze was talking kind of glowingly because that's what you're supposed to do. And I think his messaging to his team, even going into Vanderbilt last week, was really big on like, this team is better than their record. I talked to several players last week about it. And they're like, yeah, this Vandy team, like they can sneak up on somebody. And I'm like, all right, okay. Like, I don't believe you, but I'm glad you think that. I don't have to think that. You do if you're playing. So that's totally cool. Arkansas is better than Vandy, but... Like this Arkansas team didn't blow out Florida last week. Like I, I think I think the way that we're talking about that game and the way it actually went is not the same. Maybe overhyping, maybe overhyping it a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Look, look the the way they typically say is you get three points for it being a home game uh, automatically on the spread, and that's what the spread is. So that. Vegas feels like this is a coin toss for the most part, and it a, should be right. Yeah. It should be. Um, but like, are, are, I think we're, are we talking about this game differently if Florida makes that kick? Probably that's, and that's the thing. That's what's crazy. Probably not. But, but, but again, that could have been the difference in that could have been the difference in not having a head coach and, and, and having a head coach too. Good point. Possibly. Good point. So, so point. sure. So now, you, I mean, you, 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 you're probably not going to win out, but you got a chance now to win out and and, and make a bowl. You got a little bit more to play for, so I, I don't know. I, I I will be very disappointed if if we lose the game. I, I think we ha- we're more talented. I, believe it or not, I think we're a, a more talented roster, um, and we're playing good defense. Uh, we've played we've played good against KJ Jefferson in the past. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I I, I, I think you t- you win it and. That's what you that gets you, you know, gets you hope hopefully one step closer to seven wins with momentum going into Alabama. Um, I I think this is a big game for Hugh too. I, I think Hugh kind of, you know, I, I think he sort of, you know, won this one last year at Liberty. I, I've I think 
we've sort of built to this crescendo. You know, you've had two weeks of uh, sure. successful offense, uh, backing up Peyton Thorne, just continuing to kind of – we've kind of feels like this is week – it kind of felt like last week was like week one, and you're sort of building building from there. So hopefully we're just continuing to get better um, as, as we move on. Yeah, and an underrated aspect of this that I'm not really hearing anybody else talk about. I've talked about it the last two shows, but it's November, Charlie Five. And Auburn is still getting better as a team. I mean, when have we ever heard that? Like over the last few seasons. It does seem like, like we fade, yeah. Yeah, where it's like we coast or we back our way in and then you know we we surprise everybody and play Alabama close. Like that, that seems to kind of be the normal trend over the last few years. And this is everybody's talking about the offense. What the linebacking core has done over the last three to four games is really, really solid coaching. And it doesn't always show up in a stat sheet because sometimes they do the right thing and like it doesn't show up as a tackle, but they still did their job successfully. But what they have done, what that group has done, and I was originally against like how much they were rotating. Nope, I was wrong there too. I mean, what Larry Nixon has done, what Austin Keys has done since he's returned, Cam Riley, Riley blitz him as much as possible. Oh, my goodness gracious. These guys are coming into their own. And then, of course, Eugene Asante has been great for the vast part of the season. But these dudes, like, you've got four linebackers that you should feel really, really good about. And I think with how Arkansas is going to attack this Auburn defense, you want those linebackers to be as physical as possible. And the fact that you can rotate those guys out and still be fresh in the third and the fourth quarter defensively. I think that is a major aspect of this Saturday's game that's being vastly overlooked with the improvement of what this defense has done. Austin Keys comes back and like his second game back, he's the top one of the top uh PFF grades. He was the top that, one, yeah. That we had, had like 90 something. Maybe yeah. one of the top ones that we've had all season. Played just an unbelievable game and he's going to have to have it cuz he's going to have to bring He's going to have to bring his helmet and his pads every single play because we've seen, uh, you know, KJ so KJ so physical that he gets saving uh, uh, tripped up on like trying to come up with uh, metaphors, uh, talking about flies on a gnat or you know, Got gnat it. on a bull's butt or stuff like like there he can't go. he can't yeah. get it all out because uh, he's so he's so physical. So yeah, the linebacking core. I tell you another underrated aspect. Um, we had this whole crime situ- uh, crime dog situation. Wesley McGriff going to an off the field role. Yeah. That's and then it was like accidentally has become awesome. How how good he is at like uh, in house recruiting and, and making all the calls on game days and things like that. That that Hugh typically makes that allows free uh, Hugh to be able to to coach the offense and then the defense is playing good and the offense is playing good. It's kind of like this weird accidental. St- thing that's happened um that's kind of given us a little uh, some positive momentum and like i'm not going to discount the fact that we're playing quote unquote the easier part of our schedule too but still you got to go out and you got to execute and and you know they're executing so yeah they are um, it's uh it's it's you know you got to have stuff that you can put a feather in your hat that you can feel like you can build you can build with and this right. is something i feel like you're finally able to sell you're finally able to say look we're throwing the ball around we're still having drops. Hey, if 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 we have one or two more guys, uh, what make one or two more catches? Thorn throws for over three hundred yards and three or four touchdowns. Like, I mean, we need, you know, when you're selling that to recruits, like, look, if it's we're one player away, two players away, we need we need you making this making this play right here. 
uh, stuff like that. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you'd hope for all year, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad we're finally starting to see it. All right, we're going to talk a little recruiting with Locked On Recruiting Insider Brian Smith in just a moment. But first, Charlie Five, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five and the Locked On Discord every single day or uh, auburnlive.com, the corner message board. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Charlie Five. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to buy last-minute tickets, day of tickets, or you know, just the day before an event. And it doesn't have to just be sports. They've got stuff for, you know, whether it's theater, the theater, or concerts, whatever it is, um, they've got you covered at Game Time. Download the Game Time app. That's where I buy all of my tickets now. Bought a few Auburn game tickets. I bought some Patriot tickets there. It's great. It's easy. And you don't have to worry about like c- comparing it to other places because it's going to be cheaper. They've done that for you. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Time now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. For a little recruiting update action, we're joined by Brian Smith, Locked On Recruiting Insider, also a recruiting writer over at AuburnDaily.com. LinkedIn Jobs, thank you to LinkedIn Jobs for being the official recruiting sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. These days, every new hire can feel like a potential high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College Terms and Conditions apply. Brian, last time we talked on this show, we were discussing the decommitment of Fat Burnett, Jamarian Burnett, who uh, who is no longer committed to the Auburn Tigers. And so obviously then it's like, okay, who's Auburn going after to be the running back of the 2024 class? And Kevin Riley, the Tuscaloosa native, who somehow, uh, even though Auburn and Alabama had interest in him, he is committed to Miami. But a lot of people have labeled him as a potential flip candidate, including several folks that cover Auburn recruiting. Do you believe this? Do you believe that he's a flip candidate? I always thought he would be because not many people leave Alabama and don't receive further overtures from the two in-state programs. And as you know, you grew up in Alabama. Most of the people in your state are pretty darn loyal. So is he going to visit more is the question because he lives right down the street from University of Alabama and he's right. only a few hours from Auburn. Let's see what he does the next month or two because like Miami is about to implode. Obviously, if you follow football at all, they they got problems. They scored six points last weekend. Uh, they got a couple other kids that may not be in their class either. So things are starting to, shall we say, unravel in Coral Gables. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like he's been made a priority is what some of the folks are saying and props to Cadillac Williams for, for leading that charge. I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people, a lot of running backs want to play for Brian, but 
you've watched this kid a bunch. You've watched a lot of his tape as you know, you, um, you cover Miami as well. Do you think, uh, I mean, how do you think his transition from high school to the college ranks would look like? He is one of those rare three tier players. He can definitely run between the tackles. He has speed, but he can also catch and block. He's a guy that is all the above. And the blocking part is usually why freshmen don't play a lot. I think he's a kid that's physical enough and he's smart enough that he'll take to the coaching and he'll be able to pass protect and he would play regardless. Alabama, Auburn, Miami, it wouldn't matter. He would play early. Mm -hmm. Very good back. I think he's a national top 10 kid at running back nationally, conservatively, Uh, maybe top five. In terms of balance in the three prongs I just mentioned, he's probably top five. So you're talking about an impact player and one that like I'm sure Auburn would love to land. Yeah. Yeah, you and I talk about the importance of, you know, having a clear path to playing time. Yes. Interestingly enough, at, at Auburn, running back's really the only one where those waters are a little muddy, right? That's pretty much every other position you can say, okay, yeah, he's probably going to play uh, at some point in his first two to three years on the Plains. Riley or whoever is Auburn's 2024 running back, assuming they get one, Brian, that's not really the case here. If he's going to go there he would be competing i mean yeah. we could see something i mean hunter's a legit dude like i i get it if he turns pro but if he doesn't that's your guy next year at auburn there ain't any doubts about who's going to sure. be trotting out of the field could somebody like kevin come in and compete and get playing time yes i still think he could beat some other guys out he's that talented but by no means is that a lock but at the same time miami's running back room is loaded They just started a true freshman, Mark Fletcher. He's probably going to be a three and out guy. He just beat out a guy that's a senior. Mm -hmm. So, and he's got three more years of eligibility, technically. Alabama always has running backs. So, wherever Kevin goes, not going to be the easiest path. Fair enough. Yeah. If you had to guess, does he go to Miami or a school in the state of Alabama? I'm going to guess that he flips because Miami's imploding. Yeah. Like, I just, I watched that North Carolina State game. I, if I wasn't getting paid to cover Miami, I would not have watched it much beyond the first quarter. Understood. Understood. Yeah. All right. The other guy I want to talk to you about, it sounds like Derek Smith, who is a, an in-state wide receiver, a 2025 wide receiver. Um, a lot of buzz. Once again, another guy that feels like Auburn is making him a priority based off of some of the things that I have read. Four-star guy across the board for the 2025 class. Um, what do you know about Derek Smith? Listen, as an athlete, but he, uh, he goes to South side. I've seen him before. Uh, very good athlete can change directions very well in space has a lot of physicality to him. I think he's just as good, if not better as a candidate, as a safety, he, he will come down and lower the boom. I'm sure you've seen the same video I have at the same time. Most kids want to play receiver, man. They want the ball in their hands. And this just in, I'm sure you and I have talked about this at least 500 times. Auburn needs wide receivers. Do you remember any of those conversations, Zach? I mean, Uh, that's all I think about, Brian. (laughs) All I think about seven drops this past weekend is what Hugh Freeze said in his presser on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Auburn needs receivers. He would just play early, man. There's no way around it. Auburn needs two back to back classes, which they're trending towards, where they get big time receivers. This class, class of 24, obviously headed in the right direction. Now they need to make sure that they back that up in the class of 25. It's a good year in state. They're obviously trying to get Ryan Williams as well. Mm -hmm. Let's see what they can do, but they need to get some of these local guys in the fold. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sales pitch, and we've talked about this a million times too, but that sales pitch has to be getting easier and easier, right? And it's just like, man, I need you. I need you. I know you're in the 2025 class, but I'm going to need you two years from now too. Like this isn't, this isn't yeah. going to be something that's just fixed overnight because even when Auburn hopefully is in a better situation next year, they're going to be young, right? They're going to be young. Even if they trot out Perry Thompson and Simmons and, and Bryce Kane, all as freshmen, like you still need guys to come in behind them. Like you said, while those guys get older. So, I mean, the, the sales pitch has to, it has to be there. They need more speed. They need more size. They need more bodies. And to your point a minute ago, please catch the football. Uh, it is not a major request, I think, of a wide receiver to do. But right now, Auburn's receivers just, they're not getting it done. And you got to keep putting more bullets in the gun. And that's just recruiting. Uh, thankfully, this staff for Auburn has done a tremendous job of getting in with the underclassmen group yeah. and getting a ton of them on campus. When I was at the game a few weeks ago, there were a bunch of those kids walking around right in front of me, 25 kids. Mm -hmm. They're doing the right thing by bringing them in because recruiting is a long game now. You got to get in early, and the Auburn Tigers have done that. Yep, no question about it. Brian Smith, Locked On Recruiting Insider. How can people check out everything that you've got going on? Because you have a lot of things going on. <laughs> yes, I do. At FB Scout underscore Florida. Auburn Daily is uh, the best spot for Auburn folks to find me. Um, they will probably be seeing a lot more recruiting stuff here very soon because we are officially in flip season as what we were just talking about. I think Auburn's going to get a few kids. Watch out for a certain guy from Phoenix City Central, too, that you and I have talked about. Are you about buying that? Because I'm starting to feel more and more like, okay, this can really happen. A Cam Coleman flip from A&M to Auburn. You're yeah. buying that, too? Um, well, let's look at it this way. Just osmosis here. Would you go to A&M right now? No, I think Auburn's trending up and AM's trending down. I think that's pretty telling, right? Well, Cam's also visiting Florida State this weekend. Like he's just looking around. It's like, okay, this isn't going to work out over here. Why mm -hmm. not Auburn? It's freaking 35 minutes from where he gets up in the morning. You know, it's yeah. just, and they need receivers. So that, that's a kid that would start at Auburn as a freshman. Uh, they, he'd start almost anywhere be. as a freshman. He's good. <laughs> he oh, yeah, special yeah, yeah. Player, doesn't take much to figure it out. <laughs> no, I mean, just starting him and, and Perry as freshmen, that would be. It'd be fun. It'd be It'd so be fun. fun. I mean, watch. there'd be growing pains, right? But just the natural ability would totally cover up a bunch of things. So that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. Check out all of Brian's um, written Auburn recruiting coverage at auburndaily.com. Com. Thank you so much to Brian. Thank you so much to Charlie Five for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.